This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Welcome back to Sportsbook. I'm Dan Roberts, and we're coming at you two days earlier than usual for a special preview episode of the World Series. We've got the matchup now. It's the Houston Astros and the L.A. Dodgers, and we want to take a look at how the fans will respond to this matchup. Will the ratings go up? Will casual onlookers tune in? Will it be a dud after last year's big, big hit of the Cubs and the Indians? Our guest today is my colleague and Yankees fan, ugh, Miles Udland. We'll get to that in just a minute. But let's take a look at some of the numbers around baseball right now. Uh, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about the giant $14 billion revenue this season of the NFL. To put that number in context, Major League Baseball, $10 billion, just hit last season. NBA, somewhere around $9 billion, nipping at the heels of the two sports above it. So baseball is still a huge business, that's for sure. But as we've discussed on this podcast before, there is this popular recent narrative in sports media that baseball is somehow losing popularity, fading away. Uh, it's just not hot right now. It's not cool and hip. They got to get young fans to come to the game. And this is something MLB is aware of. Uh, we had the privilege of having Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred in here in January at our Yahoo Finance All Markets Summit. And he addressed this and said that a big part of it is in-person attendance. It's getting kids to the ballpark, getting them there really young, and that getting them there when they're young is what cements them as future adult fans. Uh, here's an interesting note on TV ratings. This year in the regular season, 17 of the pro teams saw viewership declines in their local market TV ratings. Biggest dips, the Marlins, Rangers, Pirates, Giants, Royals, Seattle Mariners. Now, of course, some of this isn't surprising. There's the natural ebb and flow, and most of those teams are uh, what we call small market teams. But you do wonder if this is going to end up being a down year. Uh, on the other hand, the LCS series, that is League Championship Series, the ALCS and the NLCS, uh, reportedly did great for Fox FS1. So if those ratings are any indication, then the World Series should be a success. Uh, of course, Yankees are out of it. So all of that is just to say that it's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, watch is what we will do. The World Series starts on Tuesday night. It's Dodgers-Astros. And we're going to get into how we think that will do for baseball. Now that we know the matchup and that it's the Astros and the Dodgers, it's worth a quick interlude into one of my favorite pet topics here. And that is, who is the face of baseball? Uh, a popular debate that people have about all the different pro sports now is, who is its most famous, most important, most representative current player? Uh, in the NFL, I think we know who that is. It's usually one of two people, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, both quarterbacks. And in basketball, I think we know who it is. It's either, depending on whom you ask, LeBron James or Steph Curry. There are a couple other guys you could throw in there, but I, I think that's it. Baseball, much harder to suss out. Uh, it's a good, fun debate we've been having. And I posted a story a couple weeks ago already on all the different possibilities. Altuve of the Astros, certainly in the mix. Uh, he's very, very short, which is fascinating and fun to watch. He's speedy. He is a slugger. He is a great team player. He's having fun out there. It's a fun crew, that Astros team. A lot of people like that choice, but it also hurts him that he's in a smaller market. 
Uh, usually, over the years, when people talk about the face of baseball, it tends to be a Yankee or a Red Sox player. Uh, I sound biased because I'm from Boston, but those are kind of the two marquee teams. Uh, I would say that David Ortiz in the last few seasons was up there. Derek Jeter almost unquestionably was the face for most of his time in the league. Uh, A-Rod for a while before the fallout. Maybe you could say at some point it was Barry Bonds. But who is it right now? And we wrote about this on the website, got some interesting comments. This person says, I think baseball doesn't need just one face of baseball. Basketball has so few players relative to NFL or Major League Baseball that it's easier to locate the top tier. In baseball, players get close-ups every at-bat. Pitchers are frequently filmed up close, and literally every player who plays has the opportunity to be recognized as the player of the game. I think that's a nice idea, uh, but, you know, for marketing purposes... I think Major League Baseball knows that it's great if it has one guy every season that is the guy that everyone is talking about. A lot of people like to say Clayton Kershaw. I think it can't be a pitcher. It's got to be someone who plays every night. A lot of people like to say that it's Giancarlo Stanton. Well, the Marlins are very bad, and in fact, we were talking about TV ratings. The Marlins saw one of the biggest dips in ratings, so I don't think it can be someone on the Marlins. But I love debating it. It's fun to talk about. Uh, I made the argument that there isn't one right now, and I think that's a problem. Uh, If I pick a current face, it's the Cubs as an organization after last season. But you know what? Maybe after this World Series, it's the Astros. Maybe they take up the mantle of the exciting, thrilling, underdog, lovable squad now that the Cubs are not in it. Now, one more note that I want to address. Uh, When we talk about the face of baseball, a lot of people like to say Aaron Judge right now, Yankee slugger. He was great in the postseason, certainly going to be Rookie of the Year, maybe also MVP. But it's interesting, and we're going to get into this, Miles and I, but a lot of the excitement around Judge, it's home runs. And I think there's an interesting fault line that forms between people who like that, that's what they want to see, more homers, the kind of people who tune in for the home run derby, and then people who are purists, call them. And again, we go back to the popularity of the game and Major League Baseball needing to grow and expand. And to grow and expand, it needs to target the people who aren't purists, the people who just want the candy. And the candy is the home runs. But for the purists, the fun is the more nuanced, smart play. The guys who try out interesting base running, the guys who bunt and and try different things. I mean, a purist maybe loves a guy like Ichiro or is a Cal Ripken fan. You know, the durability and the consistency and the and the clever, sort of smart baseball. And then I think people who want candy, like an Aaron Judge, they love that. So I personally rule out Judge. I think it has to be more complex than homers, but he's probably a very good candidate right now. We're going to get into it. All right, here we are. I'm with my colleague, baseball fan, Yankees fan, unfortunately. Sadly. Miles Udland. Miles, uh, as we talk, it's Monday. The World Series matchup is set. The Yankees aren't in it. So condolences, first of all. Thank you. It's been very tough winning uh, 27 world titles. And oh, boy. What, four in my lifetime? Oh, boy. Uh, well, let's talk about the ratings picture. It's worth mentioning last year's World Series, Cubs-Indians, the most watched World Series in 12 years. Game 7 had huge numbers. And actually, it's worth noting that the Indians, of all baseball's 30 teams, had the number one best local market ratings during the regular season. So, unfortunate to lose them. A lot of people also thought that Yankees-Dodgers would have been a great matchup. Now that we know it's Astros-Dodgers, what do you think for the ratings picture? 
Um, I think Major League Baseball is still uh, pretty excited about having the Dodgers. It's been almost 30 years since they've been in the World Series. I think it's 1988. 88, yep. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's a positive for baseball. Uh, look, the, the ratings picture for the sport over the last 20 years, really since the strike, indicates that the game has started to find its footing as a local game. It's a regional game. So you mentioned the Indians have very strong ratings. Um, you know, ratings, t- take it from whatever team has a strong fan base. So, you know, the Nationals, the Cubs, uh, the Dodgers actually have very good local ratings. The Yankees, um, these are teams that do very well in their market. Uh, some of them are going to travel. I think the Yankees, Cubs, Dodgers are certainly at the top of MLB's wish list for uh, networks or rather uh, markets they would like to see in the World Series. But I think the Dodgers gives uh, baseball at least one premier market, and then the real hardcore baseball fan is going to you know, be happy to see the Astros. They're probably the most exciting young team in baseball, as much as it, uh, I don't want to admit that. Uh, I would like <laughs> to say the Yankees have that role, but uh, certainly you know, the Astros have a very compelling story for the hardcore baseball fan. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be hard to top last year's ratings, but if you're doing more than, you know, 16, 17 million uh, average viewers per game, I think uh, MLB and Fox are going to be quite happy about that. It's always funny to wonder which are the teams that people will still be willing to watch when their team has been eliminated. Uh, and now we have this matchup, and I will likely watch every single game. But you, your team got farther. It might hurt a little more. Are you going to watch? I probably won't watch. Uh, I think if Any you- of it. No, I, I think if, if maybe if it gets to game six or seven, maybe. But I, I think game six is on Halloween night. Uh, I know I have plans. Oh, God forbid um, it inter- and, interfere with Halloween, right? Uh, not that it's a big holiday for me, <laughs> but other people in my life are excited about it. Sure. Um, and then, you know, maybe I'd watch game seven. Uh, but, I mean, I, I have... Um, I was able to get access to the MLB uh, extra innings package for the regular season uh, through a friend. So, you know, I saw Kershaw pitch a few times because he's really, to me, the main event here. Um, but I've seen Kershaw throw, and I know that, mm. uh, you know, I kind of know what that's about. And, you know, to your point, I don't really want to watch the Astros have fun again. Like, that wow. That kind of stunk. Uh, the way that the last two games went down, you know, I'm just I'm bitter about it, even wow. though maybe I shouldn't be. Uh, but... To your to your prior point, I watched all the games of last year's World Series. I watched yeah. all the games in 2015 when the Mets were in the World Series. So you know, playoff baseball is a completely different sport than regular season baseball. And I think the tension that you feel in every individual game. I mean, every at bat, uh, basically until the game kind of got out of hand on Saturday night, was just you know full of anxiety. And it's right. it's, it's a great fun experience. When your team's in it, even if you're just a casual baseball fan, you know, you're looking at it, you're like, all right, 2-1, you know, what am I looking here? Are we looking, you know, breaker away? What do you want to do? Do you want to keep it off the plate, make them chase? Do you just pitch around them? All these sorts of things that go into every at-bat. That's really fulfilling to watch the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, what, 8 o'clock, first pitch, it's going to go till 11, 11.30. I've already stayed up for 13 games, you know, past right. my bedtime this year. So I think I'm all set on staying up late on a uh, on a school night to watch baseball. Okay, ratings fell for the 2017 regular season for 17 of the teams. Saw viewership decreases. Bad. Yeah. Bad okay. trend. Largest dip, the Marlins. Makes sense. We'll see if Derek Jeter can turn that around. Texas Rangers, Pittsburgh Pirates, the Royals. That's unfortunate. They were great as recently as two seasons ago. And then Seattle Mariners, no surprise, also saw substantial drops. That's from Awful Announcing. So, you know, some of those aren't a surprise, but in general, you wonder what can baseball do to turn it around? You just mentioned now, well, 
Also, a concern of yours is how late you have to stay up for the games. They're working on this. They're working on pace of play. Well, but it's true. I mean, the games are too long. And so... I think regular season games are too long. All of these factors conspire to restrict people from wanting to watch. You know, it's like, A, it's not your team, and B, the game is too long, and C, it starts too late. Yeah, I mean, I I think what's interesting about the length of game and the interest in the game is, you know, the teams you mentioned, uh, particularly the Royals, the Pirates, had been good recently, had a down year this year. I do think that you're never going to take that cyclicality out of your ratings. I mean, you know, not to get totally sidetracked by the NFL here, but I mean, look at the average product that's being put out this season in particular. Um, I would say that it's notably poor relative to other seasons. I mean, the average NFL game this year, in my opinion, and someone can you know leave me a comment and tell me I'm an idiot. Just I hope seems, they do. Just seems worse than yep. it was a couple of years ago, and that's going to contribute to ratings declines. Um, I don't have the numbers offhand. I'd be c- very curious to see what Yes Network's numbers. It's where the Yankees play their local games here in New York. We're looking like in 2014 and 2015 and 2013 when it was kind of an old, expensive team, right. with not a lot going on. Um, you know, this was when CC wasn't pitching particularly well, and Brett Gardner was basically their best player overall, and Judge was, no one even knew Judge existed, basically. Uh, you would hear whispers about people like, you know, Gary Sanchez and Clint Frazier, but they never actually played. So, Sanchez, uh, And, bad. you know, Pineda's having um, Tommy John surgery. So yep. it was just a mess. You know, no one wanted to watch the Yankees. I found myself watching the Mets quite a bit, actually, because they had four great pitchers. Wow, traitor. On, well, <laughs> now look, you can put on a game and... Um, when it's going to be DeGrom pitching or Harvey pitching or Syndergaard pitching, like, that's fun to watch. Um, I went to a couple Mets games this year, and, you know, I think people thought this Yankees team was a couple years off. But, right. you know, the ratings, again, we're talking about how individual teams' success a lot of times will determine their local ratings. And I think on the national level, it is going to come down to having – a marquee story or really a marquee market. So you had a perfect storm in Chicago. Yes. The Red Sox are always going to draw nationally. The Yankees yep. will draw nationally. The Cardinals will probably draw nationally. Kind of a you know longtime fan base there. But I just don't see um, this Astros team having many elements that are going to be all that appealing. You know, I think the Sports Illustrated 2014 cover story is right. probably the biggest storyline, but it's 2017. How many people are paying attention to the Sports Illustrated cover? Right. Well, and similarly, when you say you don't, you're kind of skeptical of the Astros' interest, the interest that they'll gin up among people who aren't from Houston. I think it ties back to our favorite debate of, you know, who is the biggest face in the sport right now? And a lot of people love to say Altuve, and he's so exciting. And, you know, as we record this, the World Series is about to start, hasn't started yet. People think that Altuve is likely to be named the MVP from the regular season, but it's sort of like, even if he is, you know, even if ABC are all true, does it cause a casual fan to want to watch the World Series, I'm not sure they're aware. Yeah, and look, you know, maybe I'm just a bitter Yankees fan, but man, if Joe Buck wasn't trying to remind us how great Altuve was every half <laughs> second of those games. And I think, yeah, I mean, the producers obviously sit down and say, okay, guys, here are the main storylines yeah. of the game. And Pump this up. The main yeah. one, I mean, look, Altuve's numbers are incredible. He's led the league in hitting three of the last four seasons. He hit 340 this year. I mean, his numbers are phenomenal. He's a great player. Every time he was up, I was nervous. But... It's hard to see that kind of driving fan interest in a way that attracts the marginal fan. Because when we're talking, I think when we're talking about the face of baseball, the reason that I keep saying it's Aaron Judge is because 
you don't have to know a lot about baseball right. to know that when he hits the hell out of the ball, yeah. it's exciting and it's cool. That's a crowd pleaser. All Homers. the players look up at him. You know, there was that uh, Dan Heron, former MLB pitcher. His tweet was going around. Love he, him. He He's said, great on Twitter. He said, you know, oh, man, I wish I could have uh, found out how far Judge would hit a baseball off me. Right, right so, exactly. Um, Very everyone can appreciate that. And yep. I think that that's the kind of simple stuff that drives the casual fan back into baseball. And while you and I like the sport and – um, you know, we'll watch the playoffs with interest on a, you know, maybe a more strategic level. We can pretend we're the managers or whatever. Right. Um, I don't see, you know, again, I don't see this particular Astros team having anything that's going to bring in the marginal fan. I think the hmm. Dodgers, given that they're L.A., given that people, a lot of people know about Kirk Gibson. Puig. Um, yeah. Hmm. He's fun. Yeah, He's licking his bat. He, I don't think that has anything. I just don't think that's going to be driving no? people to watch the game. Licks I his bat. I think they see Dodgers. They're thinking Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Maybe I remember them when I was younger. Right. Maybe I know someone in my family who liked them when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. Well, There's here's a question. A old, old, old people who remember the Brooklyn Dodgers, yeah. will they root for the L.A. Dodgers in this series? Yeah, I think so. They probably mm. have always rooted for the L.A. Dodgers if they didn't become Yankees fans. Right. Right. Well, actually, let, let's stick with something you said there about Judge that I think is really intuitive and easy to understand, and that's, you know, a home run is, is easy to get. It's not complicated. You see a guy whacking dingers, you know? It's fun as hell, man. And that's sort of uh, a more instant, obvious crowd pleaser than a really great defensive game where the pitcher is, is throwing fire and no one can get a hit off him, even though I would prefer that. I mean, if I had a choice, I'd prefer a game where, wow, might this guy get a no-hitter versus a player has hit three homers in one game, personally. But, of course, the reason I bring this up, there's a larger pattern in the last two seasons, and that is a spike in home runs. And it led to this discussion of, are the balls being juiced? Uh, juiced, for those who don't understand, meaning uh, tied tighter, you know, the threads pulled even tighter so that pop. they're lower and you get more pop on the ball, uh, more poppy. And I just had in, in our last episode, for, for our faithful listeners, would have heard Rich Cohen, who's the author of a new book on the Cubs, A Story of a Curse. And I asked him, what, you know, what do you think about these juice balls? He said, I don't think they're juicing the balls, but in baseball, the trend ticks back and forth every few years. It's either the hitter's game and it's all about home runs and every hitter who comes up is swinging for the fences every single time. Or it's a pitching game where it's about, you know, great pitchers. And and I actually think it's a shame that the way these hitters do hit now, and Judge is a great example, is they are like 50% likely to, to strike out every time they're up or they're going to get, they're either going to hit it out of the park or strike out. You don't see any more of these guys who try to get on base, who work the count, who have a really long at bat and then they get a single. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, um, you know, John Smoltz, who was uh, in the booth with Joe Buck, made, made a comment. Uh, that I thought was really interesting about not just the hitting, but also the pitchers, that uh, today's pitchers are brought up to throw as hard as they can. Yeah. They want to have one breaking ball that snaps off 12 to 6, or maybe it moves across the entire plate. But just you know, throw the ball 98 and try and get it over the plate, which leads to uh, you know, home runs and strikeouts. I mean, in the same way right. that we discuss how a really long golf course doesn't challenge professional golfers. A really fast pitch doesn't doesn't really challenge a, a, a pro baseball player. I mean, 99 down the middle is something that most guys can make contact with, like every third time up, right? And that you know, 333 is a pretty good average. So, um, yeah, you throw the ball in 100 miles an hour. Aaron Judge hits it out 120. You know, how far you think that ball is going? It's mm. not staying in the park. So. You know, all those, you look at the shifts, right? Every player basically has a shift on against them. It really, you know, they're cutting the field in half. Um, so, yeah, I think we're in a, a particular strategic place where 
you know, uh, Moneyball was a thing in the early aughts, and it was a certain strategy you could play to use worse players to get better results. Now I think the best players have been brought up. This is from, you know, high school travel team all the way through college and the minors to the pros of, okay, well, hit it really far or take a walk, but, you know, we don't need to be hitting singles and, you know, legging out uh, infield hits and stuff. Now, what's interesting about the playoffs is it does seem like the weird bounce is the thing that changes the game. That still, I think, is intact in the general idea of, you know, how does baseball strategy play itself out in the tightest moments? It does often comes down to or come down to an infield hit, or you know, um, Didi had a bunt the other night because they're yep. they're playing him to the right side of the field. He bunts on, all of a sudden the game kind of starts to turn. Um, but I think these macro issues are perhaps why the you know the average regular season game maybe isn't as exciting or isn't as nuanced as it was um, you know maybe 10, 15 years ago. But, you know, maybe maybe we're just not seeing something or we don't understand what the scouts are looking at, right? I mean, this this kind of becomes the discussion in football, too, where it's like, you know, we're just average fans. Maybe there's something strategically happening that we don't know about. But what I do know is that the product is a little bit worse. Let's stick with pace of games. We're talking about popularity. We're talking about ratings. We're talking about the things that bring in casual fans or might bring people who've abandoned baseball to come back. Uh, we had the chance recently to talk to Mariano Rivera, retired Yankee one legend. Of my players. Maybe sure. my favorite player of all. Sure, time. one of the few Yankees that, as a Boston fan, I can begrudgingly respect, along with Posada, who was always willing to fight. Uh, we interviewed Rivera. We were talking about business, talking about his business endeavors in retirement. But while I had him, I asked him about this issue of pace of play, which we know that Major League Baseball is aggressively addressing. Uh, officially, I believe, launching this pitch clock next season league-wide. So here's what I asked him and what he had to say. Let's talk about the sport a little bit and the state of baseball. Uh, Relatively new commissioner, Rob Manfred, and he's made a priority of speeding up the game a little bit, uh, the pace of play. They're working on a pitching clock that they're going to roll out next season. You got thoughts on that? You watching this? Oh, my God. I mean, uh, uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that because, I mean, I was one of the guys that... uh, uh, when I was pitching, they were uh, finding me because I was too slow, they say. <laughs> and I called the uh, the commissioner. I said, uh, Mr. Silly, uh, I hope that I don't want to see no more fines in here because, I mean, uh, I've been efficient, you know, in that clock. I don't want to be, I don't want to be pushed push because some clock is pushing me. You know, baseball is not about that. You know, I mean, uh, we have commercials, the people that pay money, and we we have to stop for them to run their stuff. And we are the bringing the show. They don't bring in the show. We are the bringing the show. So I mean, I don't see why uh, uh, Rob Manfred wanted to to do that, implement that. I understand that you have to keep the uh, the game going, the pace of the game. But at the same time, uh, you have to you have to watch how you do it because if not. It can be chaotic. It can be a, a problem there, and uh, people can get hurt. So a couple of things to unpack there. I mean, first of all, I had no idea I'd get such a uh, heated response from him. I mean, it's it's very clear how he feels. Now, maybe that's not at all surprising. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like, okay, a lot of pitchers don't like that they're going to be pushed and hurried. Sure, maybe not surprising. But <laughs> a little funny to hear him. Well, first of all, it sounds like he has some bitterness about advertisers. 
you know, we have we have companies that show ads and we have to stop for them. That's like a purity of the game. Yeah. Well, and and that's the second thing I was going to say is overall, it does seem like he's making a purity of the game argument. You know, that's not what baseball is about. And it's like, in theory, you understand and you say, yeah, man, I know. That's not what baseball is about, ads and making the game shorter. But you got to adapt, right? I mean, people often forget it's like these sports leagues are in entertainment and they exist to entertain. And if the game is five hours on a work night or a school night, that's bad. Yeah, I think what's interesting, um, it's like, think about the NBA. The NBA has embraced the idea that it's pure entertainment. Like, everything about that sport is we're just here to make people laugh and have fun, and it's all about the gifts and, you know. House let, music playing right, during the game. Let alone decide that, like, everyone can understand a slam dunk the way you can understand a home run. Um, but what's interesting about baseball is because it has, like, such a massive complex behind it, like, you go from... AAU to college to the minors, there's just thousands of people trying to make it in the pros, and everyone's playing what is basically the same game. And so I think culturally the sport views baseball as an institution um, more reverently than I think football does, for example. I mean, football, you look at some of the college things that are happening on offense and defensive, it's, it's, you know, it's a different sport. They're basically playing seven-on-seven seven where they're not tackling. Um, you know, but I think golf and baseball are very similar in that the kids who are playing the U.S. Amateur are playing the same game that Jordan Spieth is playing, and the kids who are playing at Florida State, uh, you know, baseball are basically playing the same game that the Yankees are playing. Now, a lot of the pace issues are coming up, I, I don't think, so much around individual approaches because yeah i remember rivera had that very he double tap his right foot and he had a very oh, deliberate yeah. rituals kind of set with his hands yeah i mean he did take a long time to come to the plate but you know the strategy is also slowing down the game you have more um you know starters are going fewer innings so if someone goes four innings and you bring someone in for you know one and a third you're bringing a lefty to throw to just the one guy then you bring in another pitcher then the next inning you have someone else and these things slow down the game you could you know do more pinch runners, more pinch hitters, uh, double switch in the National League, the American League. It's even easier to just bring someone in off the bench and face, you know, one pitcher. So all this stuff does slow down the game. And I also kind of think, you know, I'm sympathetic to the idea that baseball games are too long, certainly for a television viewer. But at the stadium, I mean, an in-stadium yeah, experience is, yeah. is still kind of fun, whether it goes, I mean, th- 345 is kind of pushing it. But, you know, that 245 to 330 window is basically within the tolerance of what you're expecting when you go to a baseball game, which is still a pretty good experience. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that no business right now is going to hire a consultant to say, you know, <laughs> what do we do with our business? And that person is going to say, Leave well, you know, d- don't worry about millennial attention spans. <laughs> right, right? Every right. consultant on the planet is going to tell you to make your thing go faster because yeah. you're not going to be able to keep these kids' attention. But, I mean, part of me kind of thinks that's – Maybe a little bit too short term, right? If well, you think about wh- why and where and how does baseball succeed? I'm not really sure that two and a half hour games is the thing that would make that happen. Well, and one thing we agree on that I think Rivera seems to not realize or doesn't want to admit, but speeding up the game doesn't have to be at odds with the game itself and its history and its structure. I mean, as you say, it's like baseball hasn't changed in decades and decades and decades. Fundamentally, and I don't think that it's going much. To. Yeah, and and making the game a little bit shorter by hurrying the the pitching. And another thing, I think, it, or Rich Cohen, as I mentioned, he suggested, don't let the batters get out of the box once they're in. Yep. But little things like this here and there are not going to ruin the purity of the sport. And another thing too that I, I think is, is coming to live TV, um, live sporting events, is split screens with the commercials. I love you know, that. I, I mean, if love you that. if you go to a high school or college baseball game that's not on TV, 
that's about a minute between innings. And the MLB, it's two and a half minutes. Well, I don't think the players, n- no player is going to say, yeah, you know, I need to take four grounders before the half inning. <laughs> like, you know, go out there, Greg Bird rolls right. DD the ball one time, he's all set <laughs> to go, right? These guys don't need to warm up for more than a minute. Pitcher only needs seven pitches. So I think the advertiser stuff that, that Mo is talking about is, you know, look, you guys said it was going to be three minutes between innings. I would be good with 45 seconds or something. Everyone's, you know, ready to go. The, you know, the bat, bat boy's bringing my glove out to me anyway. Yeah, we're already stopping for you. Right. So, um, yeah, I think split screen ads is a thing that can pick up the pace of the, pick up pace of the game um, and can keep the advertisers happy, right? Everybody goes home with their money and everybody gets to, you know, play the game the right way and so on and so forth. Let's finish this way, doing our World Series preview. I know that as a Yankees fan, you're disappointed that it's Astros. Uh, you've said that you don't think casual baseball onlookers are aware of Altuve and aware of the Astros, really, and, and, and I agree. Define how casual, but yeah. Well, right, right. Uh, so here we are with our 2017 matchup, Astros-Dodgers. Good for baseball? Yeah, 200 win teams. Uh, Astros, I mean, all they talked about during the ALDS, or ALCS, rather, was how these two teams were probably going to meet multiple times over the next five years. Um, the Dodgers have probably the best player in baseball in Clayton Kershaw, and I think that overall— You love Kershaw. <laughs> Kershaw is the, probably the best right. pitcher since Roger Clemens. And quick people, sidetrack, but I don't think a pitcher can be— My thing is, like, I don't think a pitcher can be the one who is the most exciting person in the league. That doesn't work for me because you don't see him every game. Okay, but I didn't say most <laughs> exciting. I said he's the best player in the league, and I think, you know— It'll all just be interesting. His playoff record has been quite poor, especially relative right. to his regular season exploits. I think that's a big story. Yeah. Uh, again, for someone who's more invested in baseball, seeing Altuve on this stage is a big deal for someone who is invested in baseball. Seeing the Astros project come to fruition in just a few years is big for someone who's invested in baseball. Totally. But ultimately, the fact that the Dodgers are a major market team who haven't been there in 30 years is the only real thing that could draw in a marginal baseball fan. And I think... You know, yeah, it's good for the game. Two of the best teams, a lot of young talent, got a lot of good storylines, but there's not a whole lot that I think is going to draw in someone who might otherwise watch the NFL game on Thursday night or, you know, watch This Is Us. <laughs> if you well, want my I don't take. know what night that's on but, right. or what network it's on. But. If you want my take, Astros-Dodgers, good for baseball. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Yankees-Dodgers would have been better. Yes. Red Sox-Dodgers would have been better. Cubs-Indians rematch, I think, even, would have been better. Cubs-Yankees would have been the dream. (laughs) Yes, yes. But this is very good. I will watch with interest. I guess you won't watch, but I will watch. I said if they get to game six, I'll start watching. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it. Okay, thanks, Miles. Thanks. Okay, good talk with Miles, as always. Love having him in here. Uh, A cool-headed baseball fan who, I guess from the sounds of it, is going to be sitting out this World Series. I think that's a shame. But it's an interesting example because what baseball needs is people who will watch no matter what. And that is the target for Major League Baseball. Get everyone to watch even when their team isn't in it. Will that happen with the Astros and Dodgers? I'm not sure. We will be watching. Would love to hear what you think. What's your expectation? Will you be watching? Will you watch every game in the series? Why? Why not? Let us know. And follow along with our Sportsbook podcast. We will be back next week at our usual day, Thursday morning. Remember also to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We're on all the different platforms. Thanks for listening. Give us a shout. Goodbye. Goodbye.